0: Welcome to the Frontline, the sales and marketing podcast. Hello and welcome to the Frontline sales and marketing podcast. Uh, We have (laughs) a couple of new people here. Uh, One is a dog and the other one is Casper. Work out which one you can. (laughs) Casper is my uh, intern here at Relevate uh, with uh, Floris Block, Relevate Consulting. And we've got Jeremy Pierce, sales trainer and outside, oh, sorry, sales trainer and coach at Outside Sales Training Initiative. And Morty. And Morty, Morty the dog. So we have a full house. So um, I guess what we're going to talk about is uh, new people, new things, new horizons, what's going on and um, discussing a little bit about, I suppose, Casper is our our guest. Um, And unfortunately, Morty can't really respond uh, using words. So we will uh, we will just have to deal with Casper uh, and ask how working with uh, uh, sorry studying marketing at uni has helped him or hindered him or what he's found with the challenges in doing marketing in the real world uh, as a difference. So welcome Casper, how are you doing?
1: Introduce you yourself. You? Hey, hi everybody. Um, my name is Casper, and my I came from Vietnam. Uh, Vietnamese. I'm a Vietnamese. I came into Australia about 10 years ago and uh, I studied marketing at QUT Queensland. And uh basically I do a major in marketing and I found out it's really interesting for me to know about the theory and the the, the core units that surround the business environment. But I've like for a lot like I study for quite a while now and I've found out it's kind of interesting it's it's not as practical for me in terms of like how I interact with Relevite and stuff and how do I pick up stuff that I can use in the real world especially like things like uh, web design development and um, things like uh, social media that can be used in the real world that can be um, raise awareness and raise like a bit of controversy and make people aware of what happening around them. and what's your, de- what's your
2: degree? Uh, is it a bachelor in, what was it? Uh, business?
3: Yeah. Bachelor in business.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
3: Let, let, let's just make something <laughs> clear. We're not dissing uh, universities and degrees. Oh. They are still <laughs> essential. <laughs> um, but I think the message that, uh, what we're trying to communicate here is that a good balance between the theory and the practical is what gets you ready for the professional world. Yeah.
2: yeah. Everything you learn in business outside of the degree is, is really everything that it's, it's all that you learn is basically practical. Everything that you learn at uni, it, it seems theoretical, but you never, it doesn't feel like you apply it in the real world. Um, cause when, I first entered my first job outside of uni. I was like, Oh wow. I didn't need any of this degree to do any of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Literally the first week was like, Oh, well, all I just needed to know was how to use Excel. (laughs) And that's it. And there wasn't, there actually wasn't even any Excel in uni, which is crazy.
0: Well, I never went to uni. I went, I did, uh, um, I finished year 12 and then I went and joined the army and I was there for seven years. And, and by the time I started uni, I was like uh, late twenties and uh, started part time while I was uh, posted to a tank regiment. And uh, I was, you know, running around with a pack on for the first seven years in, uh, you know, Timor, Afghanistan and, and, you know, stupid places like that, nothing to do with what I'm doing now. So even then <laughs> I, I've not actually finished my undergrad. I've, finished my MBA before I did my undergrad because they uh, accepted me because of my experience running businesses. And, and uh, I had a, some people vouch for me and, and now I'm going back and finishing my undergrad. So it's, it's interesting. Like I guess we've all come at it from a different angle and me, it's kind of like you did in reverse. I did do it in reverse. (laughs) I already know what I want to learn and why I need to learn it. And so my, I'm not
1: sitting there going, why am I learning this? Actually, that's a better pathway for like learning and development. Like instead of pick up the new thing that you never heard of before in the the theory that they never actually can be used in real life or or the the concept that Mm. can be used, they could have just do it before they can actually apply the theory. Yeah. People learn differently as well. So I'm a big hands-on
2: person, get the theory later and uh, just get get through it and get through the practical stuff by making all these mistakes and then then, you know, then read about it later then <laughs> and, you know and improve.
0: Why you need to know that.
2: Because otherwise That's you know, go, right. this, is,
0: this is pointless. I put the left foot in front of the right foot. Why? If you've never seen anyone around you ever walk and you've never tried it. <laughs> um, but if you were to read about walking as a child, imagine you could read first before you could walk or talk. Um, if you could read about it and you go, this just sounds ridiculous. Why would I bother? <laughs> yep. So and what
3: about, what about yourself, Floris? Well, um, I'd done the, uh, traditional path school, uh, uni, but the uni that I did was I think one of the best things that I've ever done, uh, which was a, an exchange program between five European schools. Wow. So I started off in I Holland. They
0: did that in the 1500s.
3: I'm not that old (laughs) Watch it, you're a junior Um, uh, Five European schools So I started off in Rotterdam And then I chose to go down to uh, Bordeaux uh, Because I was French educated anyway So I thought I'd go for the easy one Instead of going to Portsmouth Which was English based Which is what we were doing in Holland And then we had a Spanish school And a German school In any case, I chose the wine area for the obvious reasons. Um, but the part in the four year uh, curriculum curriculum, sorry, there were two internships that were mandatory. They were part of the academic program. So that was the actual benefit of it, which is everything that you've learned in the theory, you bring it up then in practice and you do dissertation on it and you get graded. So it offered a, a great balance between the two, but to the point that you made, uh, Jeremy, about the methods of learning, I learn quite a lot by op- observation. So I, I observe a lot and then I go practice it and I do it and I get better at it and I just keep doing it that way. Um, I do like a healthy uh, <clears throat> balance, if you wish, of, of theory, but I'm more of a hands-on, different thing in observation mode. So a lot of the things that I've learned in my career in the last 20 years, they've been purely by observing other people and just talking and working with other people.
2: Yeah. In, in, in training sessions, uh, you know, high quality training has all types of practical hands-on for different type of learners. So it engages everyone. That's the, that's the best type of training.
1: Hmm.
0: I think the biggest thing I've learned over the, over, you know, helping people to implement software systems and, and training them on how to actually use it and be effective with it is I know I can do something just quick. And I know the thing, the button is just up here and I can go oh, click done, 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 done. And then they like, let like, they're like, what just happened? So I actually, I don't do anything. I sit back here with my, my coffee. I'm like, okay, so you see that bit? Yep. Up left. Yep. Click there. Okay. Now do this. Now do that. And this is why and uh and then i step them through the process Uh, we take them so i describe a high level journey and then i go step by step by step and then they're doing it the whole time and my most favorite uh um zoom uh function now is annotate so you can put draw a circle around the button they've got to click because you get some people who are like guns and they're like they'll go where do i click this one click and then they're off somewhere else or they've if saved it or they've deleted it or they've done something they shouldn't have. So <laughs> yeah, very interesting how different people learn.
2: Yeah. I just thought of a question, um, that I don't know yet. And that is, um, how do you create a QR code to link to your website? Is there a simple way of doing that? Or is it? it, is a just go to QR code creator.
0: You just Google, a, there's a heaps of them. Um, yep you can get qr codes in the shape of things so if you want it to be in the shape of a butterfly or uh, a (laughs) circle or whatever you can create these qr codes
2: um and then that's pretty easy that's pretty easy it just generates it straight to the link and you can use it anywhere
0: yes Mm. uh or if you look at the right sleeve of Floris's shirt
2: that's right i saw that and that's what
0: i noticed yeah so That is a QR code that goes to a book, a meeting with a consultant sequence on um, uh, schedule once. So it's a platform that'll take. uh, So if someone's you're at a conference or whatever, they can just scan your sleeve, particularly if you're busy or if you're talking about something that people are interested in, Um, then they can book a meeting with you. Then they go to all of that data gets put into the CRM. Um, the, the meeting is based on your actual live availability and, um, there's a little form which will collect some information as well. So you, you definitely have their first name, last name, email, and phone number, which is all the bare minimum essentials to be able to do business with someone.
2: Yeah, that's good. I'm just creating one now, seeing how easy it is.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let me know if you get stuck. (laughs) I know a guy. Um <laughs> you know a guy hmm. yeah casper yeah he's been doing heaps he's been doing uh, website builds he's been doing uh, today he created an online form uh, linked everything in the form back to a CRM um, next we're going to go do some workflow stuff so as soon as that form has been submitted, all the fields populate straight away in the CRM, but then we want to trigger something maybe like a thank you email, maybe we want to create a task so that we can go and do something afterwards maybe want to create a series of actions or an sns or, or something so you know that's for the new client we want to we want to know um, you know if we're going to write marketing emails for someone we need to know their uh, facebook youtube twitter uh, instagram all of those links so we can get them to provide us with the ones that they want to use we don't have to sit in a meeting at the same time with them so they could do it late at night if they want or they can do it you know, in the middle of the day on their lunch break or 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 whatever at the time that suits them. So you know you have asynchronicity between when our time and their time. So there's less I don't know, wasted effort and wasted time waiting for people and things to happen. So anyway, I get excited and I go off on a rant, on a tangent. So I'll leave that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you uh, go. I've created one in JPEG. Have that worked? Easy peasy. How simple is that? Hey Morty.
0: And you've done uh, some marketing campaigns in Active Campaign, haven't you?
2: I actually have, yeah.
0: And you've got a lead magnet.
2: Yes, I do.
0: And where can people go to get that?
2: The lead magnet you can simply now scan the screen here. If you'd really wanted to, over oh, the this... podcast. Yes. <laughs> so you can go to. I'm sharing the screen. So if you've got the video up. You can simply scan this and visit outside sales training.com.au forward slash learn more. And that's it. That's all it's connected to, which is pretty cool. Very artistic. And that'll, um, you just fill in the details. have a read of the, of the page that I've created. Now you have um, to get it printed on a shirt. mm, (laughs) Oh, that's what I was thinking. Not maybe shirts, maybe anything.
0: We were talking about um, uh, uh, seminars and workshops in the last session. And I think what would be really useful is if you could have um, text now or yes to this number up on screen. So you're giving your presentation and you have the phone, uh, mobile phone number up on the thing. And then you have a bot which basically says, thanks for playing. What's your, what's your email address? And uh, then you can put your email address. Okay, what's your first and last name? And then it'll collect that any other questions you want to ask and then have that auto populate into your CRM as well.
2: You don't need to register this QR code or anything. It's just the QR code. Now that's the same anyway,
0: it's registered automatically.
2: Yeah. That's interesting. You
0: just need to promulgate it. They do. It's kind of like bitly, you know, they track what links happen, where, when, so they kind of pick up on metadata from people scanning that code, but they would then get a redirect anyway, immediately off to your website.
2: Yeah, so I don't even need to register to these QR code sites.
0: No, nope, no. Nope. Yeah, just create it. but just uh, be aware of where your data is going. But all you're getting is not data, ne- not tracking data necessarily. Just metadata to say someone went through here. It's like if you had someone sitting at a park bench outside a doorway, they can't interrupt you. They're just sitting on the park bench and they can observe you walking in. That's it. Yeah,
3: that so, makes sense. Good analogy.
0: I've got to come up with a lot of analogies because some people don't get the technical aspects. I draw a lot of diagrams as well. I'm getting pretty
3: good at it. <laughs> I love I love me a whiteboard. In a meeting give me a whiteboard. I just go nuts.
0: <laughs> yeah. You got the 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 flipboard there. We've got ours. Um yeah, so I guess you know being uh digital like I still use the the notepad. So I'm not completely digital, but if I can, particularly if it's repetitive, it should be digitized or if it requires capture at the time, like I used to have, you know, 10 staff at a, another business and I had a, um, uh, uh, an employee pack and I had like 20 sheets of paper and I'd send it to them. And then when I got it back, the, their writing was a bit crap. So a two looked like a seven. So I, I, this is the onboarding pack. So I put in their pay details and get the bank account number wrong because they wrote it funny or because I couldn't read it or whatever that was. Um, then I'd have to, or the information was incomplete or I had to go and rescan and re, uh, uh save it somewhere. That was stupid amounts of time. I created an online process where um, they could do it themselves. I just send them an email. They click a the button, put it all in, automatically imports into the system. And then I don't have to then go and spend two hours doing the administration on that. That time is saved. Um, they don't have frustrations with me because they entered the data and if it's wrong, it's, it's on them. And then they, they kind of they ha- got access to another area where they got all this other information they could update and put in their, um, uh, their own sort of availability. So they're, they're booked when they wanted and they, um, you know, there was no animosity about pay because, you know, they, they had facial recognition scanners so that they could scan in and out when they when they arrive and when they leave, so there's no buddy punching or dodging the timesheets. You know, I had complete trust of them, and they had complete trust of me. So, again, I'm I'm running off and, and getting excited about it. But you know, just thinking about things differently. People look at software costs and go, "Oh yeah, that's a hundred bucks a month. Why would I pay that?" Never mind the fact that you're going to save thirty hours a month for yeah. someone you would pay a hundred dollars an hour for, or you know, add up whatever cost of the employee. So anyway, side note, this is the stuff that you're learning, Casper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <I'll, laughs> I started the, the trial head administration. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, do, he's learning uh, a Salesforce stuff. trial head. Yeah. This so. is very really interesting. Pretty much just really similar to the task that I did for you. Yes. With the module. Yeah. There's,
0: there's a lot to know, but like the, the end output is seamless, easy work every day. So that's the goal.
2: I feel Salesforce is like the equivalent in the accounting world to Myob. Uh, no. So I, I've i
0: actually, you like analogies. This is one I come up with. So Salesforce is like, um, uh, I suppose it's like Qantas. It's like flying Qantas, you know, you get the, particularly from a pricing perspective, you yeah. get a bottle of water, you get a meal. If you want a pillow or a blanket, you get it. If you want the booze, you've got to pay for it. Um, Then, uh, and the ticket's more expensive. Then there's HubSpot, which is kind of like flying Jetstar. You know, there's a free version or, you know, it's cheap to begin with, but then you've got to pay for baggage. You've got to pay for leg room oxygen if you want it. And then, uh, you know, $80 for a bottle of water. Then you've got something like Zoho. It's not, it's like flying, uh, You're not flying. You're on a bus, but you're on the road. So there's less compliance and rules and, and, um it doesn't have to be as slick you can slap on some fancy wheels and stickers and whatever else you want onto it and make it yours and then you've got uh other platforms that you know like uh, uh, active campaign is probably like a um a a new model volkswagen beetle it's kind of like chic uh little sleek uh it's got some prestige about it but it's basic and it does the job and then you've got uh get response which is like a if you know what a LADA is, it's
3: um, <laughs> really Oof. bad. Ex-Yugoslavian brand.
0: Really, really
3: bad. Yes. Uh, yeah. it, it'll get you from A to B sometimes.
0: Um, so, yeah, you, you can equate a, a CRMs to a mode of transport in some way, shape or form.
3: So, which one did you say LADA? Uh,
0: yeah, LADA. Yeah.
3: Oh, Russian. Sorry, Yugoslavian, I'm thinking about something else. Yeah, yeah. might yeah. as
0: well be the same. Two-stroke piece of crap. Yeah. The, uh, how do you double the price of a Lada? Fill up the fuel tank. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, when I was in Russia on, on business trips, they said, uh, if you ask any of the locals, you, you go like, so what is the best car around in the world? Lada Niva 2121. Uh, because if they break down, which they never do, but if they break down a chisel and a hammer, that's all you need, or, sc- or a screwdriver and a hammer, and you can fix it. It's brilliant. Priorities
0: right everyone's got a different uh, set so different people are going to choose different vehicles because of different purposes and that's the same goes with CRM so it depends on what you want to be seen in how you want to travel how much you want to pay for it and uh, how fast you want it to go
3: well without going into too much on the technical side but that's a very cultural discussion as well if you look at second world war right the t34 tank was built dirt cheap quick but in huge numbers which is what basically outdone the Germans after all, because they went for big, lumpy, heavy armoured, etc. But then they got outnumbered very quickly.
0: AK-47s the same. You can chuck it in a mud pit, drag it on behind on a chain behind a truck, pick it up and fire it, no problem. Yeah. Um, and they are mass produced. They're not so accurate, but they don't fail, and you can swap the parts interchangeably between them. Whereas everything else is machined fine. And all that sort of stuff. Sorry, that's army background coming out. Yeah. Um. We we're not as uh, militant or violent as uh, perhaps we once were. Or <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but these are these are very practical examples. Uh, another one would be the the Mig planes, right? They were designed to have the engine replaced in two hours. That's it. Engine in, engine out.
0: Yeah. Two hours. Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, design of a system, platform, piece of equipment is the same in, in in broadly speaking, you know, in terms of good, quick or cheap.
2: Yeah. I've seen that so many times.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, look, we are uh, pretty well into the process of this. We are at 21 minutes and I think we've probably covered a lot on uh, not only Casper's experience in the, in the, in the modern world, uh, non uh, sorry, as a student and now in the real sort of, client-based world client-facing world uh but then also the, the crm system side the the sales side the um the digital transformation side and hey talking about some cars and guns at the same time why not um i think that pretty well wraps it up for this episode unless anyone else has got anything else they want to share or or make comment on
2: no i think that's good All thanks good. so much guys for listening in i appreciate it if you got any feedback let us know If you want to come on the show, please also let us know. If you have any ideas for us, please also let us know.
0: Uh, And you can find
2: us on the frontlinepodcast.com
0: and all of the socials. So, thanks again from Casper, Avon, Jeremy and Floris. See you later. You have been listening to the Sales and Marketing Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and hope to see you again soon on the Frontline.